0: But it's fabulous to see you. Thank you, choir and uh, worship team, for leading us. Some beautiful Christmas music. I loved it. I hope you loved it, too. I hope you are encouraged by it. Thank you for being here today, especially those of you who aren't with us normally. Uh, Not that you're not normal people, but that you're not with us normally. Um, We we consider it a blessing and an honor to have you here tonight. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, we are open year-round. Not just Christmas Eve. Um, I know that may have been confusion, but I wanted you to clarify, clarify that with you. Um, I, I want to encourage you, uh, if you, uh, you want to know Christ, if you want to walk with God, uh, God has, part of his setup of his plan is to send his son, but not just that. Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, as he writes often, uh, he talks about the church and he considers it the bride of Christ, And we get to be that as God's people. And so I'd encourage you to come and to be a part. Uh, We would love for this place to be your place where you and your family come uh, to be a part of God's family. And so we consider that a blessing. Tonight, uh, I want to talk to you about really one thing. And and, uh, that's Jesus. And I I just want to tell you this at the outset, uh, that God loves you. He loves you and I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I know sometimes uh, you might wonder about that. Life might not be turning out the way you wanted. Uh, Maybe you put your order in and it didn't come out as you ordered it. Um, But I want to tell you that I'm positive that God loves you. I'm positive of it. If I'd ask you, uh, why do you know that God loves you? I, I think some, some of you would answer differently and especially, you know, depending on what you love and what is good to you. Some would say this, that the reason I know that God loves me is because of sunshine and beautiful beaches. Uh, I grew up in Santa Barbara and I, I knew many people who looked at the beauty of the place that we lived and they would say, I, I can see God. I can see his love in the, in the ocean and in the sunshine. Here we would say, we would see it in the mountains and the beauty of this place. And when it snows, I know some of you like snow and I like snow too. I, I thought about it first service. I don't know where Zach is, but right after the service, he said, drive safe on the way home. And I, I know why he was saying that because a couple of years, many years ago now, uh, I think it was his first Christmas Eve. It snowed like it should on every Christmas Eve. And uh, Zach frantically left after the second service. He frantically in his Corolla. And, um, and I remember leaving. And, and I, I, as I came out to Bear Valley Road, I, I thought to myself, I bet you somebody crashed because the traffic's all backed up. And it was Zach. It was Zach. He stopped all of the traffic in Bear Valley, on Bear Valley Road up here. I see, sorry I brought that up. I didn't t- talk about that first, but uh, what a great place we get to live, and the beauty of living on this earth, and to be, uh, t- frankly, to be a part of the United States of America, and what a great place we get to live. Uh, others of you might think of like some kind of comforts and things that you love. So you'd say, I know that God loves me because of prime rib. Because God made the cow and made part of the cow as being the prime rib that we could celebrate with a just amazing, amazing prime rib. Others of you would say something, other physical things like your house. You can see God's goodness in your house that you get to live in. Others of you would say in your, your children or your family or, 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 or some type of uh, even gathering that you get to go to even now. These things are all true. Uh, They are uh, a blessing from God. But this is not what I'm talking about tonight. The reason that I know for certain that God loves you is because of what it says in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only son. The reason that we know that God loves us is not because of something that might be gone tomorrow it's here for a moment but then it might be gone it it, it won't be in the things that we just enjoy for an instance it will be because God loved us and he sent his son he loved us so much that he sent his special son he gave his son or he sent his son uh, not just to this earth to live but to do something special And that was to die. And so that sinful men and women like me and you, that by believing in him, we could have our sins forgiven. But wait, there's more. Eternal life. Eternal life. That we would have our sins forgiven and that we would receive eternal life. That this life would not be all there is. We won't have to fear death because we know we go from this life to eternal life. This is why we celebrate Christmas. It's a beautiful story of a baby and a young couple and all those things are great, but the reason we celebrate is because we get forgiveness of sins, eternal life, because of God's love in his son Jesus. What we celebrate at Christmas is a critical portion of the story uh, we have prophecy before talking about Jesus coming, and then we have his birth. And then after his birth, we see his life and his death, burial, and resurrection, and then we see his church. But what we're focusing on here this morning is this critical piece. Uh, did I say this morning? It's, uh, <laughs> it's dark outside. It's real simple. Come on. Uh, the reason uh, we are here for this critical season that we talk about Uh, his birth his birth and so I want to I want to go through uh, how the the characters or the people reacted those uh, those who God has created and I want to start with Joseph but I want to say this as you think about these people and the angels as well they were doing life they were doing what they do I, I think about your life and what you do you you probably have a profession and you have a home and you have a family and you go about doing, forgive me for saying it this way, mundane things. All of our lives are fairly mundane. We get up, we have breakfast or coffee or whatever we do in the morning, and then we think through our day and we go about doing our day. And many days are like other days, right? We just kind of keep going on. And all these people, including the angels, They were going about doing the things that they were doing. And as it were, God, as it were, God the Father, as he's working out his plan, he breaks into history and and he, he, he kicks in the door, if you will. And for these who have received him, these who acknowledged who Christ was, he changed everything. He changed everything. We start then with Joseph, and in the first chapter of Matthew, we really have Matthew and, and Luke are the two primary passages that we look at for the story of the birth of Jesus. And J- Joseph, uh, he was a young man. We have, do we have any young men here this morning? Young men, raise your hands. I can't see very well, but I think it's important. I think it's imp- Did I say this morning again? You knew what I meant. But you young men, uh, I just wanted you to raise your hand. In America, it's important for young men to raise their hand. Um, I'm a young man, so you raise your hand. Uh, Joseph, what was he doing? Well, he was a humble man. He was trying to get married. He was trying to get married. He, he had found a woman that he, he saw of worth. And so he wanted to marry her. And so there was a betrothal period. It was, it was kind of like engagement, but not really. It was a very different, maybe more serious and maybe more, it was just different. I, I want to tell you, just leave, just say this for you young men here, you, you should get married. You should get married. And afterwards, you can go out to the fire pits and all the young ladies will meet you out there and we'll just match you up here tonight and get this taken care of. I'm just kidding. Uh, church is a great place to meet somebody, by the way. Joseph was a young man and he was trying to get married and he finds out during this betrothal period that his the one he 's betrothed to, he wants to marry is pregnant and so with confusion uh, he, he Put in his mind, I'll divorce her quietly. I'll, I'll do the, the noble thing and I'll, I'll try to make this as quiet and as uh, unconsequential as I can. And, and yet the angel came to him and spoke to him. And you know what he did? You know what Joseph did? He took her as his wife. He, he, he proceeded, he obeyed. Uh, God was speaking to him through an angel, and so he obeyed, and so he, he followed. It's interesting that Joseph, I'm sure he was confused. I'm sure he, he had all kinds of things, but, but he followed what the Lord had desired, the angel of the Lord had commanded him. His life was interrupted by the plan of God in his life, which brings us to Mary, the one he was betrothed to. And In Luke chapter 2, you can see the story. We read parts of it. Uh, where Mary, in a similar she's more important, by the way, than Joseph. Men, you should acknowledge this. It's good, it'll be helpful for you. Uh, she was more important, obviously, in the birth of Christ, that it was in her that she was carrying the, the Savior. And, and even as you read through the story in Luke chapter 2, there's a cousin, a relative of hers that's pregnant as well and acknowledges that something special is happening to her and that in Mary, the Savior was to be born. Mary responded. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 46, this is what Mary said My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. I just want to ask you, does that sound like the Redeemer speaking? No. It sounds like one who knew she needed a Redeemer. It sounded like one that was not the king, but the one that was going to serve the king, even her own son. Even her own son. And what did she do? She magnified the Lord. She rejoiced. There's going to be a theme here of this, of praising, worshiping, magnifying, rejoicing, thanking, worshiping. This is what you'll see in Joseph's life, in Mary's life. And now now we come to the angels. In Luke chapter 2 again, the angels show up after the angel speaks to the shepherds. And in verse 13, it says this, And suddenly... There was an angel, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It's important for you to get this, that the angels weren't pointing to their own greatness. They weren't pointing to the greatness of the shepherds. They weren't, saying, Joseph, you're great. Mary, you're great. But they were rejoicing in the plan of God, the angels themselves. And, and the angels, I, I know that angels show up all the time in the story of Christ, uh, the story of the birth of Jesus. They show up all the time. They're, they're, they're going about sharing the message of God, and now they're praising Him. They're praising Him. They're rejoicing. They're this he- heavenly host praising and saying, glory to God in the highest. As they're saying this, they're saying, because of the plan of the Father worked out in the Son, we're excited, we're thrilled at what God is doing. Which brings us to the shepherds. And, and personally, my favorite. Personally, my favorite. I can picture being a shepherd. I'm not one. I'm not one. I probably wouldn't even be that good of one. But uh, shepherds. And, and you, can a, you can picture shepherds Doing shepherd things, right? It, it says this. It, 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 think, think about this. We've got, we got a couple of loose ones here. Um, loose sheep, loose sheep. Um, the shepherd just came and got them. Uh, I, I, wanna, I want you to picture the shepherds at night. And I don't know what shepherds do. I don't know what shepherds think about it. I don't know what they talk about in their off time. But they're out with their, their, their flock, and they're, they're thinking, I think they're counting sheep is what they're doing. They're making sure they're all there. Or, or they're, you know, stray sheep, a black sheep that's wandering off. They're, they're bringing them back in and they're, they're making sure uh, that, that everything's okay for the sheep. And maybe even it's downtime. I, I can imagine that it's sort of a boring job, too, that at, at times when nothing's happening, it's kind of like a security guard, You're just quiet, quiet, quiet. And then it's not, and then it's not. But it's not the sheep, that it's an angel speaking to them and the angel uh, leading this other group of heavenly, the heavenly hosts. And so what do the shepherds do? They go, they go. They go to find the one that they have heard of through the angels. I, I want to point this out. I, I shared this earlier that there's an interruption in the shepherds' lives. They were just doing what they were doing, right? They they were just doing what they were doing. And the angels came to them, and what did they say? I'm pretty tired, pretty tired. I'm not going to go tonight. I'm busy with my sheep. Who's going to watch the sheep? I have to work. I have to work. I I need to take care of my sheep. I, I really, it sounds exciting and everything, but I'm not going to go. My life is fine without knowing about this newborn king. This is what the shepherds did. They, didn't. they were told and they went. And then it says in verse 20, it says this, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I want to tell you that there was an interruption in their life. There was a change in their life. And it came from the angels, which came uh, from going to sing this newborn king. Which brings us back to the book of Matthew, chapter 2. And it speaks of the, the magi, or we call them the kings. And, and we don't really know exactly who they were, but there was a sense of like uh, education and probably wealth and and this idea of important philosophers, those who had, the scientists of the, of the day, that they were important people. And, and what it says is they came and they looked. Um, if you look at uh, Matthew, it says, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod we'll talk about him in a moment. Uh, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, "Where is the one who has been born, king of the Jews?" We saw the star when it arose and have come to worship him. And I I just want to tell you, the smart guys and the rich guys, what did they do? They went, they went, and they they went to Herod thinking, you know, king, castle, king, check in with the king. And they said this, where is he? I said, where's who? We saw the star. We know there's a new king where is he? They rejoiced when they understood that there was something new happening, something phenomenal, something amazing. This star had announced that there was one that was to be worshipped. So what did they do? They went with gifts. They went to find this one who is to be worshipped. You look at the rest of the story in Luke chapter 2, there was also Simeon and Anna, who in their older life uh, saw Jesus and was part of what uh, had been changed by his new life that had come. We realize too that after this, that the 12 disciples, the apostles, it set their lives on fire, so much so that they were a part of the starting of the church. And and I want to tell you, Generation after generation, there have been church churches started from those churches of which we are part, of which we are part at Bear Valley Church of that line that's connected back to the apostles' work. And then there's King Herod. And then there's King Herod. King Herod, um, he initially, as he hears of this. He says this, go find the king and come back and report to me so I can worship too. I want to tell you about, and and I I don't want to be too much, but how many of you want to be king or queen? (laughs) Want to be in charge? Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound great? You think of all the slaves and servants that you have around you, especially if you have family members, wouldn't it be great if they served you? Wouldn't it be great wouldn't it be great if you decided what you could have for dinner or not, and, and you could have anything that you wanted? Wouldn't it be great if, if uh, you, you know, you looked outside and you said, oh, i got a lot of work to do. Somebody else do it. Somebody else do it. Slaves, get on that. This is the picture. This is the picture of the heart of Herod, the heart of a king. I can imagine him thinking as he said well, where's the king? And he says, "What well, what king? There's no king but Herod." And I'm Herod. There's no king. He he would tell people, "So, where's the king?" He says, "No, I'm the king. I'm the king." How can that baby be the king when I'm the king? Obviously, this was a challenge to who he was as king. I want to ask you, those of you who want to be kings and queens, I I trust that you share the same difficulty that Herod had, that you wanted to be in charge. You want to be in charge of your life. You want to be in charge of the decisions. You want to decide what happens in the day, and yet you're not king. I want to encourage you uh, for for you and me, for you and me, what do we do with Jesus? Well, the others, Joseph, Mary, angels, shepherds, magi, their lives were interrupted so that they could come and worship God, praise him for his new plan in, in his son Jesus. For Herod, he said, no, I'm king. I'm in charge. I want to encourage you. This is for all of us, that we should accept Him as King, that we should obey Him, that we should rejoice in Him. We should accept the plan of the Father. We should magnify the Lord. We should worship. And at cost, we should go and we should worship. The the frame of our life should be praising and glorifying God. This is the only proper response to the newborn King. May this be our heart this Christmas. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning or this evening. I did it again. Thank you for this time where I could be with your church and have all these guests here with us today. I ask that you would do your work in us. I ask that when we think of your son, Jesus, that we would understand his lordship, that he is king, king over all, that we would accept him as such, that we would obey him, rejoice in your plan for us, God, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, uh, I want to share with you one more verse. And this is from the book of John. John chapter 8, verse 12 says this again, it is speaking of John's writing about Jesus. And it says, again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want to tell you, as as we sing in these last two songs, we're going to light our candles and we're going to spread throughout the uh, congregation here, the sanctuary. And and it's a beautiful picture because when Jesus came, there was a dark world. I, I don't think anybody is confused about the darkness of this world that we live in but what a symbol that Jesus said I I know about that darkness but that I came to be the light of the world what a blessing it is to know that if we've trusted in Christ as it says in verse 12 he says we will have the light of life Jesus is the light that we have please join with me as we sing